Welcome back, viewers, to Meta Monday with the Mountain. This is the July 10th ver uh, edition of this. Uh, so this was recorded on July 9th. Again, as we talked about last time, the disclaimer, I know as it stands right now, we only have 102 cards. Um, but I still feel like there are opportunities to learn and grow uh, from this experience. And um, all my experiences are played on Pixelborn. Um, the cards are just coming out too fast for, for us to print them out and... Um, and play in person. So Pixel Warn is a really efficient way of just getting grinding a bunch of games. What has happened this week? Well, let's start at a glance. The biggest thing that happened this week is obviously Tinkerbell was released. Tinkerbell Giant Fairy. Um, we've gone over her before, but I'll say it again. She's a six drop, inkable, uh, four strength, five willpower, two lore, can be shifted for four onto what is now only the three cost Tinkerbell. Um, but the biggest thing that she does is that she has an area of effect, an AOE damage, where she comes into play, deals one damage to the entire board. That would be enough. It's actually not even the entire board. It's just her opponent's side of the board. That would be enough. Um, on top of that, she has, whenever she banishes an opposing character in a challenge, she can then do two damage wherever she wants to another character on your opponent's side of the, you know, actually to, to any oppo to opposing characters. Um, this is only when challenging on your turn, so it's very similar to Aladdin. Um, but the best thing that you can do with her is if you shift her onto the smaller Tinkerbell that exists right now, she essentially has Rush for the turn that she comes into play, so getting off that second ability is completely game-changing. Um, she is a huge source of virtual card advantage. Um, she, that, that AoE spread one damage a lot of times is enough to clear out your opponent's side of the board because... A lot of what's happening in the game is jockeying for a position where, like, you know, a 2-3 will take out a 2-2, a 3-3 will take out a 2-2, a 3-4 will take out a 3-3, and a lot of times they're left with one willpower remaining. She just comes in and clears the board of them, only on your opponent's side. Um, so she's completely changed the game and what you can do, and it, and as I've seen right now, has really pushed control and mid-range strategies to the forefront over um, aggressive, like, aggressive strategies she's really pushed that that ahead um she has really helped last time i talked about playing for the board over rushing for lore she's just made that even better and and, and even like more pronounced and i will say as the game stands right now card advantage remains king so not only is she a source of both pure card advantage when she actually takes out cards um because of her powerful stats and powerful abilities um, but she's also virtual card advantage because they typically want to run a bunch of cards into, into them, into her. So she winds up creating um, additional card advantage, not only out of hand but up and board, but but as the game goes on as well. Um, the three cards below also create card advantage. Stitch Rockstar is still a powerful deck that can actually get around a lot of what Tinkerbell is trying to do because they don't really care if they're losing um, characters. They just want to flood the board and as soon as Stitch comes out and get lore. But I will say the ability to get him off the board with the extra damage and the extra spread damage is much increased with Tinkerbell. So he is more dangerous, um, more easily taken out uh, for other reasons I'll get into later. Uh, we still have three cause Maleficent Sorcerers as a, as a example of pure card advantage. And I still believe friends on the other side is the best card in the game um, and remains a, a huge source of uh, card advantage as well. So what are the domino effects of Tinkerbell existing? Well, Number one, there's more steel in the metagame. Uh, so what does that do? Well, first of all, Tinkerbell alone means one willpower characters are just are just bad. Um, in my opinion, 
I see I see a lot of people still play things like Pascal and Maleficent biding our time. Like to me, those cards are just completely unplayable at this point. Um, Tinkerbell shows up in I'd say about eighty to ninety percent of games I've played. I don't care what advantage you're gaining with them. They're eventually going to get off the board for absolutely no cost, and you're going to be left with no cards in your hand. Um, the game just doesn't have enough card draw right now, and I'm not really sure in the end it's going to to, to make up for losing too many of those uh, one-willpower characters um, guaranteed as the game goes on. Again, that, that comes into play with your the very generous mulligan uh, that Lorcana offers. So with Steel in the metagame, you also have other damage being brought in. So you have... Fire the Cannons and Smash, for example, um, which, again, in the long run means the two damage removal from Fire the Cannons, it means that two will, char- two will power characters are bad. And even three will power characters, I mean, I'm not going to say you shouldn't play any of these, but you have to understand that it's a lot easier to get these characters off the board, and you cannot rely on them any longer than you used to. A Fire the Cannons plus Tinkerbell will take out the three willpower. A Tinkerbell plus Smash will eventually take out the four willpower, etc. Uh, and there's other ways to complement that. The other thing about Steel being so prevalent in the metagame um, is Fire the Cannons with Captain Hook. So throughout the game, you're simply doing damage almost every single turn. Um, like if you fire the cannons early, smash early, Captain Hook gets it back. Like th- there just aren't a lot of ways for characters to stay in play. And it's okay to, quote, waste your fire the cannons early because a lot of times you're just going to get it back with Captain Hook. Um, the fact that she is inkable means that you can means that you can run more of these uninkables in your deck. Same thing with Smash. Um, so Smash and Tinkerobo think inkable will make up for the fact that fire the cannons and Captain Hook are not inkable. And Captain Hook is just another huge source of card advantage. Again, Tinkerbell's two abilities will help. That two damage from fire the cannons, Tinkerbell's two abilities will basically just allow you to, to do the extra damage you need to take other characters off the board. So with more steel in the metagame, you just have to be aware of this, that your characters just aren't safe from direct damage um, type abilities and removal, um, and just play accordingly. So cards that are rising in value because of Tinkerbell and because of the metagame this week that I've seen are, of course, the three-cost Tinkerbell. Um, being able to shift onto her as well as being having four willpower for three costs means it's very difficult to take her out. Um, there are very limited ways to do it that exist right now that allow you, and and by playing her early and eventually shifting the six cost uh, Tinkerbell onto her for four, you're again as I mentioned earlier, you're giving that six power uh, Tinkerbell in shift essentially. Um, you're giving her rush basically. The small Simba, which I was not a fan of uh, last week, has to me become I don't want to say a necessary evil, but he he really helps out the consistency of these decks. That run Tinkerbell. Not only does he help you find her, um, he can actually help you find the combo of three cost Tinkerbell into into six cost Tinkerbell from shift. But he also just smooths out your curve in terms of the number of uninkables that you are forced to run. So as I mentioned before, you're you're going to be running Fire the Cannons and Captain Hook. So that's already a start. Um, but but beyond that, you're probably going to be running uninkables in your other color as well. So he helps you sift through a lot of that and get you to inkables. He still remains like a terrible character in combat, so you just have to be aware of that. Um, but uh, he, to me, he's one of the better options you can play purely out of steel. I um, mean, I even run him in Steel Amethyst, which has its own card draw, but I still think he's a powerful uh, effect as it stands right now. Uh, Beast Mirror has really gone up in value as well. Again, you like, th- this has to do, again, with that steel effect. Um, you... You inevitably do run out of cards in this game, as we, as we talked about in the past, the card advantage is king, 
And to me, Beast Mirror is just more efficient than Magic Mirror because it can be inked um, as well as it just draws a card cheaper. You can obviously, like, you know, ink a card, draw a card very often. Uh, so a lot of times it's basically just allows you to draw a second card um, and, and continue to build up your ink count. That's really important for some of the non-Amethyst versions of, of Tinkerbell decks, especially like Ruby, uh, Emerald, and Sapphire. Um, the next three cards are all Amethyst, which I feel like right now, obviously, Amethyst Steel is the best combination. So your rushers like Rafiki and Zeus have both gone up in value because, again, the spread damage that Tinkerbell offers allows you to gain a huge advantage. If she's, if she's in play and, and, and is able to challenge, having rush characters as well put pressure on your opponent just puts you in a situation where you can usually... Uh, run a rush character and something, and then she finishes off that character, and be, she's able to spread that extra two damage to something else. So just having constant threats that come into play and immediately can challenge is very important. Um, I find that she really helps uh, make up for the deficiencies that Zeus has. Although I talked about last week, um, some of those it's it's really not that big of a deal, but but she really does help that. The last one is Elsa. So again, a lot of games degenerate into, well, Tinkerbell hits the field, whether it's whether she's um, played for six or played for four on top of the other Tinkerbell, and your opponent just stops. So they don't want to they don't want to challenge with anything. They don't want to quest with anything because the amount of card and virtual card advantage that she gains by being able to challenge them as a four or five and then spread that two damage somewhere else is just too great for them to overcome. So a lot of times they usually start to fill, if they can, they fill the board with larger characters that she can't actually get to because they're not exerted. Well, that's where Elsa comes into play. Elsa with Tinkerbell is the equivalent of Elsa with uh, Seven Cost Aladdin, Elsa with like just giant guys in general. Um, and she obviously combos with these two other Amethyst cards, which she has in the past. But with Tinkerbell now, I feel like she just has so much more value because she you can no longer hide from Tinkerbell when Elsa's in play. So I feel like between Elsa, Maleficent Sorceress, and Rafiki, those are just the premium three drops that exist right now. So to summarize, for me, these are the cards really rising in value um, from the Tinkerbell effect. So you have the, the ability to shift onto the smaller Tinkerbell, Simba that sifts to get you cards, Beast Mirror, which allows you to you know maintain threats in the late game once you're out of cards in hand, and then the, the Amethyst, which I feel like is the best version of the deck right now, um, trio of Rafiki, Zeus, and Elsa really continue to put that pressure on your opponent in their own unique ways um, and, and throughout the curve. So I, they can gain card advantage throughout the curve. So what are the cards underachieving? Well, I'm going to leave on here from last week two of my least favorite cards in the game right now, which are Cheshire Cat and Prince Eric. Given the situation right now, especially with, if you think about it logically, with that, with that Rafiki, Zeus... And, and Tinkerbell herself, along with the other, uh, all the other, like, Smash and all the other removal. They, these cards just don't do anything anymore. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the smaller Captain Hook either, because I'm not really a huge fan of, of one-drops in general, given what, what I've shown you is the cards that I think are rising in value. But at least the small Captain Hook can, um, you know is only a one drop and can swing it for three. Eric is a two drop that swings for three. So the 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 chances of, of actually being able to get any value out of him are a lot less than just having that captain hook in play. Um, as I started off, Pascal and Maleficent biding her time, to me, have just dropped in value tremendously. I still see players running a lot of these in her decks. 
um, even in their Tinkerbell decks. I, I just really don't see the point. Um, I can understand Maleficent in certain versions of the deck, especially when you're going first. She can she can probably gain you, like, if she gains you four or six allure, I guess she's, in the end, worth it. But anytime in the mid and late game when you draw her, she's just going to be pretty much just Tinkerbell away. Like, I, I don't see the point of playing a character that only has one willpower and no ability to get around that. Same thing with Pascal. The, the other thing with Pascal, though, is it's a lot easier with a lot of these Rush characters that are out there to get around his ability anyway. You just challenge the other characters, use Tinkerbell on the other characters, and you get to Pascal anyway. Even if he didn't just immediately become banished by her AOA spread damage, he you can get around his upside regardless just by getting to the other characters. The other standout decks that are out there beyond Tinkerbell are good versions of Stitch Rockstar, especially when played well, and the new Simba, um, besides being like the cutest card in the game, uh, in my opinion, uh, is a huge addition to that. It protects Stitch, Stitch Rockstar when you um, have him play, come into play exerted to be able to use his bodyguard ability and draw a card. So I find that that deck outside of Tinkerbell decks is still very powerful. Uh, the other deck that was really popular earlier in the week before Tinkerbell got spoiled um, was uh, Emerald Sapphire. There was a lot of different players trying to work on different versions of it. And when Merlin was released, he gave them a more premium four drop than... Than other ones they had a lot of them were playing like the four drop blue uh, sapphire Manip, uh, maleficent that has two willpower merlin still allows smaller characters to trade way up the curve the problem is those smaller characters are a lot of them are dealt with through tinkerbell uh, and merlin himself is pretty easily dealt with through tinkerbell and, and spreads that advantage genie is still a very powerful card obviously like you know with it with him having evasive and he's very powerful he's also very powerful in ruby emerald decks Again, the problem is, as Steel becomes more popular, he's still ultimately, at the end of the day, a 6-cost 3-4, which means if you have any characters in play that Tinkerbell can challenge, he's just going to be banished by her ability and a Fire of the Cannons, which is going to happen more like very often. Um, I still think you should play him, but just be aware he's no longer like as easily of a win condition as he once was. So again, in summary, there are other decks to play. I don't want to, I don't want to say that this is simply a Tinkerbell meta, although she is very dominant in it. Stitch Rockstar is still a very powerful deck, you, and I, you must learn how to play it efficiently. Don't ever put your Stitch into um, challenge range. Keep yourself, you know, understand what you're supposed to do on each turn of the game, and I think it's a very powerful deck because it doesn't really care when its characters get benched. So it just refills the board every single turn and, and, and swarms you with lower g gainers anyway and a lot of them have two willpower anyway so you don't really care but the thing to keep in mind again is she is going to be able to challenge somebody and spread that two damage over to stitch so you have to be aware of what do i do like what do i do if they also have a smash then you're kind of just out of it but if you play it efficiently i think it's it's still a powerful deck um and there are other options to play um genie is still a star in terms of um elusives I, i'm sorry evasives that are out there um, just be aware of, of what the what the dangers are of having uh, those those four willpower characters with all the, the steel removal that's out there. So what am I playing? Well, here's the decks that I'm running right now. I won't go into it too, too uh, heavily. You can take a look at the screen. Um, the one thing I want to point out, this is my version of Tinkerbell Control Steel Amethyst that I run. Um, the one thing you'll notice is there's no um, Sorcerer-Mickey-Broom combo. I just find nowadays... I feel like that combo is just kind of underwhelming. Both cards kind of do nothing without the other. So I have to have both of them. Um, I am running into some... The, the, some of the numbers of some of the smaller characters are changing um, here and there. 
uh, all the time, but this is the general shell that I'm running currently in terms of Amethyst Steel. The other deck I really like is uh, Ruby Steel Big Guy Control. So the way I found to combat Tinkerbell um, and her effect on the metagame is simply to go larger. Um, and I don't think there's a better larger character right now at her cost than Cerberus. She does not trade into Cerberus. She fears Cerberus big time. Um, so I find him to be uh, a huge way of combating her. Um, and again, like I play for board advantage, so he's very powerful there. And I'm very big on the Ruby Endgame. I've won a, a lot of games with uh, Mickey Mouse, Brave Little Taylor, um, and I've gotten Maleficent out multiple times. I know there's not as much card draw on this deck. I used to run a lot of Ruby Amethyst, so I'm hoping that there is some minor card advantage that comes out of Ruby and Steel to smooth this out. Um, but you don't, you really don't find yourself at, like having problems inking, and you have extra removal from Dragonfire, Maleficent, um, and so on and so forth. The one thing I will say with this deck is you can't be afraid to... A lot of times you're basically down double-digit lure values, um, like... I, I've come back from games of like 12-0, 14-0 um, because of how powerful 7-drop Aladdin is in getting you back into games and just controlling the, not only controlling the board, but also just like making your opponent like not be in a favorable position to challenge any longer, especially when you start to whittle down the board with all the removal that you have. So where are we at with our current ink rankings? Well, number one I, to me still remains Amethyst. Um, it still has all the card draw, so on and so forth. It's still the best pairing with steel which is our biggest riser of the week i think it went from like you know in the third tier to uh to a first tier so to me these are the two tier one uh in colors they are the basis for any deck that you're typically running in the meadow the next tier is amber again sticks stitch rockstar stitch surf surfer these are decks that can be run heavily amber so when i make these rankings are about where can these inks wind up as the primary color and amber still winds up as a powerful um primary color they that is supplemented by other colors so the third tier uh is emerald by itself so it still provides a lot of value in terms of support in terms of a lot of the um cards that send car send characters back to your opponent's hand so it's really good for certain advantage it's also very key in the evasive deck that's out there so it, it winds up forming the basis of two multiple versions of decks so as a support color it's very powerful it just doesn't have enough to be a primary color as it stands right now there just aren't enough cards still there for it the next tier is your support tier so I, i'm sorry emerald is in the support tier with ruby which as i showed you earlier i personally love ruby as a support tier it just doesn't have enough cards to be the primary although you can now run emerald ruby evasives which has come out too and last is still Sapphire, in my opinion. It really hasn't gone anywhere, um, and it really still needs a lot of help. But these are where we stand right now. Again, Steel is the biggest mover. Um, I still feel like Amber can still play it on its own. Emerald and Ruby remain the, the support tier, and Sapphire, to me, still needs a lot of help. I'm not really sure how many cards we have left to spoil, um, but it, it could use help uh, from here on out. That's it for this week's uh, Meta Monday. Um, please... Uh, as you know, we're still doing our Disney 100 contest uh, to Disney 100 sleeves for every 100 subscribers we get up to 1,000. So we have nine more to give away. So the one thing I want to know is, how is your how is your gaming gone this week? Have you played it all? What have you found? Um, and specifically, what other... Have you tried to pair Tinkerbell with other color combinations um, as we've... Uh, as the week has gone on? Thanks, guys. See you next week.